Hello and welcome. We are back. It's Trucking Answers. I'm Mark, where you get me only through your ear hole. That's the way people prefer it. Four out of five dentists said the best way to get me is through their ear hole. So here we are today. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who's very orange and very ready to make a comment at any minute. Now, this is the best trucking podcast on the internet for sure, because you can't lie on the internet, so that must be a true statement. And we are here because other podcasts wait to hear what I have to say and then bring out what they're going to say. So ready to go today. I want to do the flip side, as they say, catch on the flip-flop, and not flip-flops on your feet, of the uh, previous podcast, which was the best of trucking. So let's do some problems that trucking needs to correct, but expects to ever keep any drivers. Seems like no one in trucking has any idea what they're talking about because the executives, the CEOs, people that run companies, management, recruiting uh, companies, and all, they, none of them are drivers. None of them have ever driven. Uh, they would never fear to get their hands dirty and actually do some kind of physical labor, some work, you know, some blue collar work. And so, but they have all the answers, don't they? Well, I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong on these and. Give me the ones that I missed, Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And don't forget, if you're ready to get into trucking, regardless of what I'm about to say in this podcast, okay, trucking is still a great career, even though it needs some fixes like all like all companies and uh, industries do. LaunchWithMark.com. Go there, sign up, get your info, get ready, and then get into trucking the right way. So let's talk about some of the problems in trucking as I see it. And uh, it's my podcast, so it's how I see it. How about that? So there, suck it. <laughs> All right. so I don't know what I'm talking about already. We're off the rails. We're only two and a half minutes in and we are off the rails. The, well, the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems, these are not in any order either. I would say the biggest problem, I don't know, companies lie. I mean, they lie. Man, do they lie. I wouldn't believe them if their tongue came notarized to me, anyone, including the one I work at, okay? I got to do everything in writing with them because they lie. They'll lie to you as quick as slap your mama, all right? They just lie all the time about nearly everything, and I don't understand. They're like a four-year-old with their hand stuck in a cookie jar. Or is that, are you eating cookies? A uh, what? Me? Oh, no. Meanwhile, their face is covered with cookie dust, right? I mean, come on. And the recruiters, same thing. When you call a company up and get a recruiter, I don't even know if half of what they're saying is true. I don't even believe their name, much less really almost anything that they say to you. You have to go talk to other drivers, really, about a company is almost the only way. And don't ask the recruiter what you can do. Oh, do you have any drivers that could talk to me about it? You know, because like I said, I was at the SIA hiring event. Uh, last week, which I talked about on the last podcast, and I told you what they told me. Well, they had some drivers there that you could talk to, and they're like, do you want to go talk to some of the drivers? Uh, I'm like, no. Who do you think they're going to bring to the hiring event? Okay, the biggest brown-nosing, suck-up, head-up-their-manager's-butt, yes-men drivers, and they were men, that's what I'm saying that, as far as I could tell. Now, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> a little politics in there. So I don't know if they're men. But uh, no, seriously, though, who do you think they're going to bring? You think those drivers are going to tell you anything close to the truth? Absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. Those drivers are getting paid. And if they're not getting paid, they're idiots. Okay, no way would I go to a company event like that without getting paid for it. But um, no way. And the recruiters, who knows how they're being paid? 
You know, I found some companies out there, Smith is one of them, which I happen to read about, where the recruiters are not paid on commission, which I love. I love that. But then, you know, people say, well, we want people to be productive. So you got to pay them to be productive. Well, then I say, well, let's put all the recruiters on commission. Oh, well, they're going to lie to you. Well, that's how you make people productive. You put them on commission, right? So uh, everything, everything's a big lie. I wouldn't take anything to heart that they say unless they have it in writing. Get everything in writing. Go talk to other drivers. Lies. Lies are one of the biggest problems. You lie about pay. They lie about home time. They lie about the time your load's supposed to deliver. Now, you cannot tell me this hasn't happened to you. This has happened to me hundreds and hundreds of times over the years of driving. I've been a driver for 34 years, for those of you that are new to the podcast. And I still drive to this day, okay? I work full-time as a truck driver, all right? A CDL-licensed truck driver. So, time. You get there, and the, the Qualcomm or whatever you're using says 8 a.m., pick up or whatever and get there and they go oh no you're scheduled for noon and, he's, and i'm going no they tell me eight and he's just look right here and they'll pick up their paper you look right at noon right here so go park outside they lie to you just to get you there to make you there early i've talked to some companies and like yeah we got to tell people early so that they're there on time like why don't you just hire better drivers <laughs> okay i planned my day out based on that and then it's not even true it happens all the time. They'll lie about that. Oh, you'll be home by noon Friday. You're not home until noon Sunday. Just anything that they can do to get you to stay there. They just completely lie. It's a great. They'll just say it's a great company. That's a lie. They have good equipment. That's a lie. Everything's a lie. Just basically whatever they're saying is a lie. Okay. And don't believe the opposite because it's probably some third thing that isn't even close to what they're saying. Okay. Another thing I found in companies a lot of times is a bunch of favoritism. And that's what I assume was there in these drivers from Saya. All right. They do that to get, um, you know, favoritism. We've got a couple of people that are, you know, quote, trainers, even though. And I, I don't do it here. I don't train people here the way they do where you're like an official trainer because then you have to do a bunch of extra work that they don't pay you for. Like they have meetings on Sundays that the guy's got to call in or Saturday or Sunday. It's, it depends on the weekend, he said. And you have to call. It's like a two-hour you know, video meeting or a voice meeting. They don't pay him anything for that. I mean, he's like, oh, well, that's just part of what you do. I go, no, that's part, part of what you do, all right? That's why I don't do this. So favoritism, people do it for favoritism. They get, they'll stick their head up somebody's butt so they can get better loads and all that. And that's certainly every industry, but it's, uh, it's just, just as big as trucking as everywhere else. You know, if you ask any questions, oh, then you're put on the uh, crapola list, right? And you can't get a decent, uh, load or whatever. It's just ridiculous. That kind of stuff, you know, it happens everywhere. It happens here too. Equipment is another problem at companies. Not that they just lie about it, although they do lie about it. Oh, a new truck for everybody. You get in, they go, well, you got to run this truck. It's got 480,000 miles on it, so you got to run it for another four months till it miles up. Then you get a new truck. That's a lie. Well, no, we give people a new truck. Well, you know, that's a lie. If you say new trucks, then everybody should get a new truck. It's just as simple as that. All trucks three years are newer, and then the truck, you get a truck that's like a 2016. Well, we because we got a few of those. You know, we still, that's what they'll say. We have a few of those. Well, you know, that's a lie. And it's not a good way to start anything. They just lie about it. And equipment repairs. Part of this is a management problem at companies, I think, because they just will not make the drivers do stuff. I constantly have this problem being doing dropping hooks all the time. You pick a trailer up, it's got a flat tire or lights out. Because why? Well, because the driver before you, they don't, what do they care? They're not getting that trailer again. Like, I don't get the same trailer every day. 
So uh, that driver doesn't care. Why should they care? And uh, management doesn't make them care. That's why they don't care. I'm going to tell management, they go, well, just get it fixed. You know, just uh, just go get it fixed. I'm like, oh, I don't have time. So if I get it fixed, you're going to have to have somebody else do this run. So makes a big problem. Same with trucks. You get in a truck, it's trashed. Completely trashed. I have more of an issue with this because we slip seat. So you may not get the same truck every day. I have been getting it lately, but you may not. And so you come in and the trucks are trashed. Completely trashed. I had one like that just a couple weeks ago. I didn't take it. I made him clean it. I'm like, I'm gonna give me a different truck and you gotta clean this. Another driver, I was just talking to him yesterday. By the way, he's got an epic beard. I gotta I gotta up my beard game. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. I'm like, wow, your beard's amazing. And um we were having we were like beard bros. <laughs> And he said he got in a truck and there were three pee jugs in it. Now, what are you doing? Why are you doing this in a day cab? Number one. Number two, why are you leaving it in the day cab? Okay, come on. And he said he didn't drive it. I agree with him. He wouldn't touch it. They're like, throw it out. I'm like, no. He said, he said, no way, which I would say absolutely not. There's no way I'm touching that. Uh, here's a picture of it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can burn the truck down. So. That's a management thing, but they do that because, you know, they're like, well, you know, it's tough to get people or whatever. Well, hire better drivers, you know, hire professional people. When they come in with, uh, you know, sandals on to their hiring thing, you don't hire that person. Okay. You simply do not hire them because it's just not appropriate. Take time to find a professional driver with experience that has a good record and seems to know what they're talking about more than NASCAR. You know, you can't just be every third word be NASCAR. Okay, it has to. You have to know what you're talking about. Hire better people that care. They have to care. They should. You know, look at their car. I have always said that. Look at their car when they come in. I'd go out in the parking lot and check your car. Okay, if your car's a disaster, I assume you're not going to even take care of the truck because you own the car. Okay, so if you're not even taking care of the stuff you own yourself. I assume you're not going to take over a truck that you don't own. Okay. And so that kind of thing. And, and I think there is a correlation to that. You know, I really do think that and uh, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but you know what the having, having a dirty car, whatever is not a protected class. So you can get not hired or fired based on your car and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. So that's how I would do it. That'd be the first thing I would do is check your car. Oh, really? What car? Let's go look at your car. Not though. I don't care how old it is or whatever. That doesn't bother me. But if it's a disaster, it's filthy, it hasn't been washed in six months, it's a bomb, it's full of junk and garbage, you're not going to take care of my truck, I'm not hiring you. So I would like to see companies do that, but then heck, they'd have to cut out half the people that are there as it is. It also can be difficult to get companies to repair equipment promptly in the way that, that I think should be done and the way it should be done legally. <laughs> Depending what's wrong with the trailer, uh, you know, I'll take it to the next truck stop or something like that. You know, I don't mind that so much. I understand that, you know, coming out for a clearance light is one thing. You know, I don't know if they need to do that. Although I told my headlight story, which I'll tell you again here. I had a headlight go out and I switched them on the road. This is an older Cascadia that had the old halogen lights in it. And then when I came back in, I said, look, I got a headlight. Give me an extra headlight to take with me. And then I'll have another headlight because that's when you could put the bright in. You could just change spots with it, which I did on the side of the road just so I don't get a ticket. And they're like, no, we can't give you an extra headlight. I'm like, why not? He goes, well, do you know what that would cost if we did that? I'm like, yeah, like $12 or something, probably less for you guys because if you buy light bulbs, as many bulbs as you buy. Oh, well, we can't do that. 
I go, okay, fine. <laughs> the next time the headlight went on, I called road service because that's what he said to do. I'm like, what do you want me to just call road service on the side of the road? He goes, yeah, if you whatever. He goes, <clears throat> okay. I said, okay. It's just a stupid policy. You know, they didn't used to do that here and they changed the stupid policy. So the next time a headlight went out, I did. I parked and called road service and they sent a TA service truck out to me with two lights. You know, I have, they always bring two, he said, and that had to cost hundreds of dollars. I'm sure for a roadside thing, he changed both lights and they probably charged them $25 each bulb plus what a hundred, couple hundred bucks, hundred, hundred fifty dollars to come out and change them. Is that, is that better? I guess. Plus I have to get paid too. So I get paid to sit there. So it probably cost him $300. See <laughs> one light changed stupid. You know, so when companies have stupid policies, I make them go with their dumb policies, which there's nothing they can do. That's what they said. So I just sit there and wait for it to be changed. I mean, I don't want to be driving illegally, but some companies take this to, uh, you know, to the extreme, like you get a flat tire, like a big blowout and, uh, they're like, Oh, well, can you just take it, you know, 275 miles to our terminal? No. You know, or you're going down the road, they go, well, in 80 miles is a term. No, it needs to be fixed here. I'll take it to the next exit because really I don't want to stop on the interstate if I don't have to, because it's, I think that it's more unsafe. I think to stop on the interstate than to drive on a flat tire, especially now there's just too many weird people that can't drive and everything. I'd rather at least get to an exit. And if there's a truck stop close, I'll go there, but then you need to fix it. We're not going hundreds of miles on a flat, uh, you know, to go get the tire fixed or whatever. That's not what we're doing. And so sometimes you have to argue with companies about it. I don't like doing that. They shouldn't do it, but they're cheap. They wanted to save $50 on a tire or whatever at their terminal. No, but stand your ground on that kind of stuff. Uh, just like you can in some states, <laughs> you can get that stuff done, but it's very frustrating. You know, the kind of, that kind of stuff is very frustrating. Getting Having this driver, I'm glad it wasn't me. Oh, my God. I would have had a picture of that. You get into open a truck door of a day cab where a driver is home every day. We have garbage cans everywhere. And you get in there, and there are three pee bottles in there. I mean, come on. What are you collecting this? Are you What are you doing with it? Are you doing a science experiment? I mean, come on. I personally, look, I'd give you one chance on that if I ran the company. I'd say, listen. This does not happen. Okay. No pee jugs. And you shouldn't have to say this, but here we go again. Go in the big boy potty here. It's right back to that. That happens again. You're fired. I would tell him no way does that happen here because there's no excuse for it. There's just no excuse for it. Stop in the bathroom. But that kind of, so that kind of stuff, very, very frustrating logs and regular, it goes along with the regulations really following the log. I think that's harder than driving to learn, to go from like your couch where you're not driving nothing, you don't know anything about trucking other than, you know, uh, Chris Christopherson, that's his, and, you know, um, chimpanzees, that's as much as you know about trucking, where, uh, <laughs> let's see if anybody gets that. What do you know about that? All the way to learning the logs, learning how to use the your day, that takes a little bit of time, and that's probably harder than learning how to drive. Teaching how to drive is easy. It's just math. That's how I see driving. That's how I see backing. It's the same as pool, right? It's just math. Billiards, for those of you fancy people that hold your teacups with your pinky out. But it's all just math, right? So that's all we got to worry about that. But the logs, you got to figure out how the day goes and the, the cycle of how everything works. And did you know if you put four logbooks together, they get on the same cycle? <laughs> I guess it's hilarious. Okay, so <laughs> look, I'm way off the rails here. 
but seriously logs and then all these other goofy regulations that you have to follow do this you can do that <clears throat> you know and then there's all always the talk of all these other things that aren't true like you have to have white sheets and you know all this other stupid stuff these dumb regulations like you can be you, you know pc with the load all over the place and yeah no matter what you want to do with it and it, it just gets crazy out there getting the right information is difficult to do and then learning the log because it keeps changing how many hours you can drive and then you have to take a break and then you have to have a 30 minute break and you have to have a 10 hour break and you have to, all this stuff learning that and planning your day takes time because it takes time to know how long it takes to get around the country and that that's why i think it takes a little bit of time to become a professional i would like to see them uh, have a graduated licensing system you know because the even though it's easy to get into trucking which is one of the good things about trucking one of the bad things about trucking is it's easy to get into trucking how about that one of the good is also the bad because it's so easy um, everybody has the same license so i have the same license driving all these years as somebody just gets their license today this morning that shouldn't be I, I would like to see a novice license for a year you have to hold for a year then you come in and test and then you can get a professional license and at that point you uh, if you maintain five years with no tickets or accidents and you work all those years you can prove that you've been a driver working driver no tickets or accidents you can come in and test again for your expert license that's how they do it in amateur radio and that's how i'd like to see it in trucking that as you gain skills you take a more difficult test and it's given by people that already have that license and you would then gain that expert license and you can keep that and so you can go in and say yeah i'm an expert okay i'm not just somebody that walked walked in off the street and would that help i don't know maybe you know the companies that hire beginners will still hire uh novice which is what it would be then they'll still hire people with a novice license that isn't a problem and then companies can say all right here's the pay system with a novice license here it is with a professional license and if you're an expert you get this because it would show a higher skill set i really think that because to get an expert license it will require five years in the industry no tickets or accidents okay and if you get a ticket or an accident you go back to your professional license until you have five years without a ticket or an accident it gives you that next level of saying hey i really know what i'm talking about and it would be a more difficult test and it would be in english okay english period okay that's the test would be in english and so that's how we would do that hang on the cat is scratching to death she wanted to interject something but she wasn't doing it oh you be good all right. <laughs> so, I would have an expert license, a graduated licensing system to to differentiate the people in the industry. You know, if, if you came in to take the test with open toed sandals and a gigantic yellow and green toenail that clicks the ground like you're uh, in Jurassic Park, out you go right out, out with you. Ugh. But learning the logs and all the different regulations takes time, and I think it's a detriment in the industry. There's way too many regulations. We've been on this exemption now for, what, a couple, two, three years since they invented the uh, uh, um, coronavirus thing? Uh, oh, wait, oh, sorry. Right. No, legitimate coronavirus thing. And uh, have there been more accidents? No. That, that study just came out, what, a month or two ago? There have not been any more accidents. Okay? And believe me, they're studying that. Because they want to say, look at all these accidents. They didn't find that, though. 
they didn't find the thermal accident. So proof that uh, the log system as it's currently set up is not does not prevent accidents, which we all know it's not a great way to get sleep. It is one way to hold companies, uh, you know, to something, but it's not a great way for sleep. Another bad thing about the industry, I think, is 1099. I see so many of these companies and there's more and more every day that are being advertised all the time where you're not really an employee, you're 1099. And drivers seem to like it because if you gross $1,600 that week, your check is $1,600, no withholding. But that's not really a good way to do it. You don't have any benefits, even if you don't want the health insurance or stuff like that. One benefit is workman's comp, and drivers are one of the top 10 most injured professions in the United States, believe it or not, more than policemen, uh, you know, stuff like that. So uh, uh, firefighters, more than, ever, more than all that, per capita and that is a problem and that's where i get letters from people mark uh i got injured and they refused to pay my medical bills and i'm 1099 what can i do and i'm like you can pay your own bills because you chose to be independent you wanted that check now use that extra money to pay your bill because they're not going to help you okay they're not going to help you because you don't work for them i see this all the time and it goes right along with temp services there are many many temp services all around the country uh that have drivers and there are companies that use temp services some of them use temps for years i met a temp oh where was i where i was south was that the year i was down there i went down to tennessee to train a bunch of people this was years ago oh my gosh many years ago when i met a driver who was there and he'd been there for years as a temp I'm like, what do you think of it? He goes, I don't know. They haven't hired me yet. I'm like, well, oh, what'd you just get here? Oh, no. He's like, I've been here three and a half years through this temp service. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Why are you still here? Oh, well, you know. So I don't like it. I don't like them using it. And companies use it to try to absolve themselves of liability or whatever. I don't know if it works. It must. And I and he was making the same as the other drivers, which I didn't understand. I guess I don't understand the ins and outs of that. So whatever the drivers there were making x okay and i asked him and so he's also making x so he's making the same money he just works for somebody else but the company has to pay the temp service extra to have this driver here so they have to pay them money to have him there i don't understand it personally i guess they can just fire him whenever they want to because he doesn't work there they can just tell him not to come back at the temp service but i guess i don't understand how that works there's going to be some kind of tax benefit to it or something because so many companies use it and I don't think it's a good way to work permanent. It's a good way to work temporarily. That's what a temp service is. Or if you want to be able to move around, yeah. But for companies to use temps like that, no, I don't really I don't really like it. Now, for people starting out, contracts, I think, are a problem in trucking. Contracts. And uh, some company, um, Gold Rush, has something to do with gold. They're being sued through class action suit about these contracts and that they keep a list of people. So that if you are on contract with a carrier, whichever carrier it is, many of them use this where they'll pay your truck school and then you have to sign up to work for them for so many months, six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months, some of them. Well, you can't get a job anywhere else easily because there is a list kept. All right. And you are basically blackballed out of the industry because of that. And the company will say, no, you can't hire them because they're on contract with us and in my opinion, even though I'm not a lawyer, okay, so my non-lawyer opinion is that's not legal. We'll see what the courts say about it because what I think about it, of course, doesn't make any difference. I'm not even a lawyer.
So it's not even a legal opinion. It's just my opinion. Well, I will tell you this. It's immoral. All right. It's immoral to do that. To prevent someone from making a living because they owe you money is immoral. And plus, how are they going to pay you back if they can't make a living? They may owe you money. Okay, I get that. If they signed up and then they leave at a certain time and they and it says you owe us $7,000 if you don't work here for a year, for example, and you stay there four months and leave, I think you owe $7,000. I agree with that. Okay, and they can go get that from you. But to say you can't work anywhere, you got to work for us for that time? No, that's proof that the money, they don't want that money. They want your labor. Okay, you're basically indentured servant underpaid labor that's what they want or they would just sue you or whatever to get the money but that's seven thousand dollars that's nothing to them they already got paid from the government for that you know for all these the government grant stuff that they give these trucking companies they already get paid for your trucks because they don't care about that getting that money from you they need you to sit there and run their freight so they can make buku bucks yeah yeah i threw some french in there yeah i did so there so eat it so, yes, so that's how they're going to make money out of you for a year. They're going to make tens of thousands of dollars off of you for that year. They don't want your little $7,000 or whatever. So that's why they keep a list, and it's wrong. It's completely wrong to do that to anybody. People come there, and I'll tell you this, you wouldn't have to have that contract if you had a decent company. Nobody would leave, or you wouldn't have many people leave. They only do that to make you stay there because everybody would leave otherwise. How many people leave within... 30 days, 60 days of the end of their contract at these places. Many, a large percentage. They stay for that time and then leave. And if you had a decent place, people wouldn't leave. You wouldn't have to do that because they really wouldn't leave. Some some would, of course, leave, but they people leave everywhere. So uh, what about your home time? This goes probably into your lying, too. You know, companies are doing better about this a little bit, but not much. And it's still back to lying. They just they'll say, well... Okay, you put in, and I, oh my gosh, the letters I get about this kind of stuff. Mark, I put in that I need to be home Friday at 9 a.m., and they said okay to it, and then I wasn't home until Sunday afternoon, so I missed, you know, blah, 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 whatever was going to go on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's exactly correct. That's why I bring a lot of local jobs and pay. I talk about that a lot so that you don't have these issues because you're not going to miss it if you are already there. All right. And so, you know, showing our SIA at 75.5 cents to start, you know, in 3188 an hour to start as a starting pay. And that's not the only place around town here that's, you know, has that kind of high pay. You can go get the road money that you want and be home every day. And if people people say, well, Mark, then I'd have to see my wife every day. I had people tell me that. Well, Mark, then I got to deal with my spouse every day. Why are you married to somebody you don't want to deal with every day? I mean, and that's a serious question. Do not marry someone you do not want to deal with every day. I don't understand it. Okay, that's your life partner, right? <laughs> right. So that's somebody you want to deal with every day. It would seem like to me, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm an idiot. I have no idea. But, uh, okay, I've been married uh, 26 years, and I love dealing with my wife every day. So that's why we're married. You know, what's the point? Otherwise, you could just be at home. But I do get those letters, and... I don't know. See a marriage counselor is all I can say about that. And I guess I have different ideas about that too. But either way, if you're not home a few times, people are going to quit. I got to, you know, that's the warning to companies. That's one of the big deals. It, you're gone long enough. So you're gone week, two weeks, some people longer. When they have an event, something, whatever it is, their kid is doing something or they have an appointment, doctor, whatever, anything, vacation, 
get people home on time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Variant made a big deal about it. It doesn't seem to have helped their turnover because they have other issues. But the deal, if I ran a company and you were going to be home at a certain time, you'd be home. You'd bobtail home. I would bobtail you back from wherever you were or run you empty back. Simple as that. I absolutely would do it because it is so important when people are gone to give them at least a little bit of time. So they've been gone two weeks. The least you can do is get them home on time. It is the least you can do, and it doesn't happen enough. It should be close to 100%. If you got to run somebody back empty, you got to run them back empty. It's just a simple, not, well, this load needs to deliver. No, no, nobody cares about your load. Okay. That driver cares about their family or they should care about their family more than they care about you. And you care about the load, but that's not going to get you a driver. It's a big problem in trucking. And uh, I would like it to stop. You know, one of the other things, which I talked about here a moment ago, really is other drivers. Okay. We're just annoying. Some of the stuff that they do is so frustrating during the day. Ah, where was I fueling the other day? Oh, right. At the fuel mart. I'm at the fuel mart. Nobody is there. All right. So I'm in Napoleon at the fuel mart, Napoleon, Ohio. Everybody goes to the other side of the highway. There's a Petro, a Loves, and a um, Pilot on the other side of the road. But I go to the fuel mart. It is an independently owned truck stop. It used to be a TA. It's independently owned. So it's way better to go to. Okay. Everybody is friendly in there. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, they have DEF at the pump. So, and that's actually less money than the other truck stops. Although I don't care if you're buying fuel, I'd like you to at least look at that part of it. I go over there. There's nobody fueling because, because large companies don't have deals with independent truck stops. So I pull in, I get my DEF because like I do, I get DEF every day, get my fuel, pull up, go inside. Now there's like, I don't know, six, eight pumps. I'm the only one there. So I'm pulled through the pump that I filled at. And the other pumps, there's nobody around vacant. Do we have the picture yet? Nobody around. I go inside, I come out, and somebody is fueling at the pump I was at. What is going on? Would you do that? Why would you do that? Do you have no idea what I'm doing in there? I could be taking a shower. Okay, I could be looking through the extensive DVD collection that they have in this place for sale. I don't know. I could be doing any number of things in there. Why wouldn't you pull up to a pump that is empty? All right. So that you can pull through yourself. I don't get it. But here again, I may be stupid. I don't know. Other drivers that are filthy bother me. That smell bad. That bothers me. I mean, there's no, I understand people work during the day. Mark, I had to work unloading my trailer. I get that. All right. But if you were showered that morning, okay, you wouldn't stink like you haven't showered in four days after unloading your trailer. That's a different story than, you know, if you had showered that morning and put clean clothes on and went to work and you worked all day, okay, I get that. Next stop, you should be in the shower. There are drivers, look, we all know them, we've all seen them, that are walking around the truck stop. They haven't showered in days, many days. And I cannot imagine how your bed smells, that you're stinking up every day, also with your body stink so which would stink the whole truck up and would just be all gross um people with these sandals and dirty 
clothes. I just don't understand it. And so you go into a truck stop, and who else is in their families? Their travel centers. I know me and the wife, we stop at, uh, we'll stop at truck stops and stuff if we're traveling down the highway somewhere because it's an easy pull-off usually, and uh, they have an extensive, you know, convenience store where we can get stuff. So I go in them all the time, you know, when we're just driving in the old uh, Trucking Answers mobile unit somewhere. And so I'm like, oh, well, there's, uh, you can just walk around there and pick out the drivers. There's that guy's the driver. That's driver. I shouldn't be able to do that, <laughs> but I can, I can. And I don't just mean because they may have a uniform on, you know, like Walmart drivers wear uniforms everywhere or whatever. I mean, because you can smell them and that's sad. And so they give the rest of us a bad name. And I wish there was, you know, more of a graduated licensing thing. Because I think part of it would be maybe a smell test. Maybe we could do a smell test when you come in for your expert license, too. One thing uh, I get questions about all the time from people wanting to get in the industry is uh, about, um, how do we put it, um, uh, ladies of the evening that work at truck stops. And now I will tell you, I don't sleep at truck stops anymore, but I don't see this much and I don't get reports of it. I've asked about it a number of times on my professionally produced live show on uh, YouTube. And I just don't see it much anymore. And I don't hear people talking about it. Like, Once in a while, they will. there will be this kind of thing, but it is not nearly as pervasive as it was many years ago. You couldn't even stop at a rest area years ago without somebody knocking on your door. You just don't hear it anymore. You don't hear of it. I'm sure that's still out there because as long as there are people, there are going to be these kind of things going on. All right. But it wasn't it. Uh, it isn't like it used to be. You know, I had problems with this in the 90s. But since then, it's just not what it used to be. It has calmed down a lot, probably because it's gone electronic. That's what I think. Since Al Gore invented the World Wide Web and the Internet, I think that people can connect there rather than just kind of wandering around a truck stop. I'm sure there are some parts of this. But uh, it's not as big of a problem as it used to be. So I don't know if we're going to call that a problem or not. Probably not. I'll say it's not a, nothing to really worry about like it used to be. You know, if you're, I guess if you're parking in, the, you know, in dead end land or something like that, this may be a bigger issue than it is. But if you park at a decent truck stop that's lit, a travel center, uh, I don't think you have this problem. Parking, of course, is a problem. One of the things of is parking in that it's very difficult to find at night. If you expect to park anytime after dark anywhere, good luck, unless you're in the middle of nowhere place. So parking, a large issue, not nearly enough parking. Drivers are parked up early. If you can reverse your schedule, that is good, but that's not always, that's not always something you can do. People are like, well, Mark, I'll just park when other people are driving. Well, yeah, I guess if you're on a dedicated run, maybe you could do that. But if, if you're just on general freight, I mean... How many times you get a pickup that's, you know, 2 a.m., you get a delivery that's 1 a.m. or something, you're done at 2 in the morning. Where are you going to park? Your next pickup is somewhere else at 9 or something like that or, you know, noon. And you have to go park. Well, and the place says you can't park here. There isn't going to be a spot. There's no spot at the Loves at that time. You're going to have to go park somewhere illegally. I don't know what the solution is to it right now. Uh, I think you just drive around till you run out of hours and tell the company, hey, you got to figure something out. You're going to give me a motel or something. That'd be the way to do it. No drivers don't want to do that, of course. They don't want to upset it with their company because, heaven forbid, they get fired from a job they don't even like. But parking, parking is a big, big problem over the road. That's why one solution is to be a local driver. You don't have to worry about where to park. 
uh, you get to go park in your own driveway every day while you walk in your front door. So parking over the road, a big, big issue. You could team too. There's not as much parking, I guess. As long as you're at a place that gives you long loads, you almost uh, you almost never have to stop. You just fuel, shower, get in and out of there, and go. Go. Head out anyways. And, of course, we can't forget about surveillance. All right? Long gone are the days where you would sit in a truck and just sit there and drive, and the boss, you'd call once a day with a check call on a payphone. Now, at many places, you are surveilled beyond belief. There is a camera that watches the the um, front of the truck, which I don't mind a dash cam, but that camera generally also watches you drive. It's a driver facing camera. Depending on the technology in the camera, it can tell if you have anything in your hand. It can see through your glasses, even if you have polarized sunglasses, to see where your eyes are looking. True story. It can tell your head movements and how often it's looking around. It can see the steering wheel movements. It can listen in also. Many of them have a microphone on them. And these cameras watch you 24 hours a day. I don't give a crap what your company says. Go to the website of the camera manufacturer. They all have videos and tutorials explaining how the cameras watch the drivers 24 hours a day and can be watched at any time. They all say it. Companies can look at you whenever they want. Are they looking at you whenever they want? No. Okay, they wouldn't have time to do that. Could they do it? Yes. Do they look in on you? Occasionally they do. I would cover it when I'm parked. There's no need to look in the truck if you are parked. Cover the camera if you're parked. I don't care what they think about it if you have one of these cameras. And remember, while you're driving and you are talking on the phone, they can listen to your phone call. All right? The other thing I guess that companies do, which I won't do, but some companies want you to use your phone to kind of track the truck. Well, brokers want you to download this or whatever. No way. Don't do it. And if you're an owner-operator, that's different. As an employee, do not do it, okay? Do not let them put anything on your phone at all. If they want to do something, they can provide you with a piece of technology, no matter what it is, that they can track or whatever. I, I'm like, look, because we can do that here. We have an ELD in the truck like most companies do. But they're like, well, if you download it to your phone, you can just sign in your phone. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm in the phone be tracked around and you're in on my phone. No way. Oh, they're like, oh, we don't do that. I'm like, baloney. Okay, I said, I wouldn't trust you as far as I could throw you, and you're huge. <laughs> With that gut, forget it. So uh, <laughs> there's just no way. So the surveillance of drivers and the track, part of which is drivers. It is all, actually, it's all drivers. When these cameras first came out, I said, look, everybody, tell them no. And then people are writing me, oh, it isn't any problem. Or okay, well, now we got them. And the same thing with your phone. Tell them no. Well, Mark, they want me to do it. Well, too bad. Okay, they want you to do it. Tom, I'm not doing it. All right. I, the broke, I have no deal with the broker. So they don't need to track me. All right. If they have a deal with the company, they can. the company can provide whatever the broker needs from the company to track it. I'm not in on that deal. Or I get to negotiate too. I want another quarter for me, a mile. But the surveillance is getting worse and worse. Rather than hiring better drivers, more experienced drivers, safer drivers. They just put all these cameras in there to try to watch people and try to get, goad them or browbeat them or into becoming better drivers. 
that they think are better drivers. And that's just not the way to do it. You know, as a professional driver, you don't need to watch me. All right. I'm being safe. That's what you hire me to do. That's what I'm paid to do. And that's what I do. I take pride in that, that, uh, you know, I do go all these years without a ticket or an accident. It's a point of pride for me. And I plan on maintaining it to the best of my ability. A camera or no camera is not going to change how I drive. Even to this day, right? I'm cruising across there to Detroit uh, on 25 in Indiana there, the Hoosier Highway or whatever they call it. It's, I'm set at 60. It's a 60 across there. I'm set at 60. I'm not speeding. Okay, we don't pick up the pace until we get into Ohio. Uh, well, really, 469. Where it's a 65. Okay, that's what I do because that's the speed limit. Okay, so stuff like that is what I do. I don't need a camera to tell me to do that. And I don't think a camera is going to change people's driving. Maybe it does, but only because of the camera. You're not really changing their driving. You're not getting a better driver. You're getting a camera-centered driver, a driver who's driving for the camera rather than a driver who's being safe. And I think that's two different things that companies don't understand. They don't realize the difference in that. You know, are you getting a safer driver or are you getting a camera driver? Which one do you want? Do you want somebody that's safe all the time or do you want someone that's safe just because they have a camera? You know, why don't you just hire a safe driver to start with? How about that? So cameras, probably one of the worst things that have come into trucking uh, since I've started driving, I would say. And it's a big reason that a lot of people stay out of some companies instead of trucking. And a lot of companies advertise no driver facing camera. They all have that in their ads for just that reason. So that's where we are with the cameras, right? Uh, remember... If you got something for me, mark at truckinganswersnation.com. Uh, if you're going to get into trucking, regardless of all this, right, listen to the podcast before this. Go get into trucking. It's still a great career. Let me help you do that the right way. Launch with mark.com. And uh, thanks for listening from Gracie and me. We'll see you on the next podcast.